the first time that I took my driver's test, I actually hadn't practiced driving in a month. I get in the car with my driving instructor and she's like, are you going to hurry up? But I had no idea what that sign meant. So I just cut straight through the left. So she starts yelling at me. Welcome back to Drive With Us, a podcast where we bring on a new guest each episode to talk about the crazy things they've experienced on the road, who they are as drivers, and how they became the driver that they are today. I'm Bavneet. And I'm Terenjeet. And today's driver is Felix Levine, the host of Where's This Going? And he shares with us his experience of being a new driver during these crazy times of the pandemic. Welcome, Felix. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. We're super excited to talk to you about all your driving experiences. But before we get started, let's have you introduce yourself. Let our listeners know a little bit about you. So my name is Felix Levine. Uh, I am the host of my podcast called Where Is This Going? Um, uh, that I started about a year ago in my freshman year of college when I was 19. I'm now 20. And I also, on the side, am a co-host for the Johnny and Jean show. And I also manage and produce them. And that's a, a true crime podcast that deals with two former uh, very high-profile mafia members. So that's been a, a journey of its own um, in working with that show. Uh, I'm also currently in college. And uh, yeah, so it's basically working on a couple different shows. Mine is, of course, the, the primary focus just because that's my, uh, you know, that's what I've been really working on for the past year. I guess that's a, that's the very short background on on who I am. One of the questions we love asking when we start the episode is what is one of the wildest or craziest things that you have experienced when driving? Well, I'll actually give more. I'm actually a pretty new driver. I think there are kind of two things that, that come to mind when I think about uh, memorable driving experiences. And it was actually the first one was the other day. Um, I'm from New York and I was driving down to, to Maryland with my with my girlfriend for a couple of days. And we got it was my first time driving maybe, you know, two or three hours or more in a row. So we we're driving down to Maryland and it just absolutely started pouring. I mean, hailing like thunderstorm. It felt like a hurricane, really. And in that moment, it just, I mean, my, my girlfriend was kind of panicking, then it started hailing. Um, it was just kind of like a, a weird, I had like this almost like deja vu moment where I felt like a kid again, uh, just kind of being scared about the weather. I, had not, I hadn't thought about how scary Mother Nature could be until I started seeing all the, the cars to my right and my left pull over to the side. And, you know, I was turning on my windshield wipers as, as fast as I could, and it still wasn't doing anything. I saw absolutely nothing. So it's just kind of this weird experience of, uh, you know, being afraid while also for the first time having the nerves of, of driving for an extended period of time and not really knowing what's in front of me. I could barely see really five or six feet in front of me. So I think that was just kind of memorable the other day. But I think my other, um, I guess, a little bit funnier moment was the first time that I took my driver's test. I actually hadn't uh, I hadn't practiced driving in a month and my mom was super eager to have me take my test before we went on vacation. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. This was actually this past summer. And that night before, I think, I don't know what happened, but I think I got about two or three hours of sleep. So I was already sleep deprived, hadn't driven in a month. I had my driving instructor in while we were waiting to in the line starts telling me these stories about him at strip clubs. I mean, just the absolute weirdest thing I'd ever 
really experienced because I'm like, dude, like I this is not what I want to be hearing right now. And he starts telling me all these weird stories about, you know, him and his brothers and, you know, their bachelor parties and whatnot. I get in the car. Uh, I'm in Staten Island. I get in the car with my driving. Um, what are they called? the people giving you the tests and they uh you know it's obviously a nerve-wracking moment i hadn't driven in a long time and the first left that i take it was on like this big two-way and i didn't uh i waited for the green light well there's so many cars going in the in the other direction uh, and i was trying to make that left to kind of cross over and uh and i just waited through an entire light and she was like are you ever going to go? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I was just waiting for the light. And so that was already, I knew at that point it, we were off to a rough start. Then I make my, my other first, my second left, I guess. And I, uh, I'd actually felt way more comfortable parallel parking than driving, believe it or not. And, uh, she's like, all right, she, she knew I was rattled. She said, all right, let's, let's park. And so I, uh, I, I knew that once you hit the curb, that was an automatic fail. That's the big thing that everyone tells you. And lo and behold, I start making my first of, you know, the four, three allotted um, movements, I guess. And she's like, are you going to hurry up? Uh, and so I just hit the gas a little too hard and boom, hit the curb. And so I was like, oh, f like, you know, this is done. Oh, man. <laughs> she seemed very impatient. I know. She was, she was, she had no patience whatsoever. And so uh, I hit the curb. I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is done. I mean, it was already done from the beginning, but this is really like officially done. So then I, I finish like kind of parking in like, I don't know, eight movements or whatever they call them. And she goes, she looks at me, she goes, have you ever parallel parked before? <laughs> and I was like, and I was so I was, <laughs> I almost started laughing. I was like, yeah, I have. She was like, okay, yeah. And so then we start going again. And then there was this other weird looking sign that I actually had never really seen before. And it was, I think it was a sign that basically tells you that you're, it's kind of like a mini roundabout, not really a roundabout. I don't know how to describe it, but it's basically telling you that you have to go, um, you know, on the right and around instead of cutting through on the left, because there's no actual marking on the line that, that would tell you that you can't go to the left. But I had no idea what that sign meant. So I just cut straight through the left. And she was like, do you even know what that sign means? And I was like, uh, no, she was like, okay, well, you should probably study the book too. So she starts yelling at me. Uh, she's like, all right, let's just go back. So at this point, it was like <laughs> so clearly done. And I, uh, there's a, the last stop sign before we get back to where everyone is. And there's no cars really uh, at that stop sign. And I was just so like, I just started laughing. Like it was just like, I wish there was like a hidden camera because I wanted like my friends and family to, you know, cherish this great failure for a long time because you might as well laugh about it. And at that point, I was like, all right, let's just go back. And I just ran right through the red. And she's like, are you are you kidding me right now? Like, are you, you didn't, you're not going to stop at the stop sign. And I was like, ah, I feel like at this point it's, it's kind of done, isn't it? <laughs> and she was like, uh, yeah, she was like, yeah, whatever. And she just like, at the end I get out and she pats me on the leg. She's like, I think you need to practice. So, so that was, you know, my, uh, I guess that's all in one, but, um, that's, uh, that's really where, uh, my favorite stories come from in terms of driving. So you mentioned you like parallel parking more than driving. That's the first I've heard of that. I feel like people don't like parallel parking. Yeah, I uh, I actually don't. What's it called? I uh, I I felt more confident in my parallel parking at that point in time. Now I actually like driving way more than I like parallel parking. But I actually, you know, it's this weird thing where um, I actually had a really well. I'm grateful to have my license right now. Let me put it to you this way because I was actually always a good driver, if I do say so myself. But um, 
the issue was that I, uh, I really wouldn't practice. And in January, since I go to college, uh, I had to go back to school around January 25th. And uh, after I failed my test last summer, mom was like, okay, in January, you're getting your test. And so I said, all right, well, let's do it. And I took it in January for the first time at a different place. And I actually got everything perfect except for this one uh, left turn that was on a, a two-way, but there was no markings again. I guess those are my really my kryptonite. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I kind of I went over that imaginary line, if you will. And she told me, sorry, I have to fail you. Like, that's a, that's probably the worst mistake you can make. You're supposed to know that you're supposed to always stay on the right and you're a little bit too much to the left, whatever. And so that was January 15th. And so I was supposed to go back on the 25th. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'll do it in March. You know, then I'll go for round three, especially because I knew I was going to get it at that point. I was you know, a good, a very good driver. And I had practiced so much as opposed to the first time. And I had this weird idea uh, mid January where I was like, all right, you know what, why don't I just take it one more time before school? I know I'm going to get it. I know where that turn is. Like if I just do it, if I remember where that turn is, I'll get, I'll get my license. So then I booked myself for a couple days later, I end up getting it, you know, with perfect, uh, a perfect score. And I was really happy, obviously, because I got my driver's license, but I was even more happy uh, when I look back on it today, because when I came home in f- for March, when I was, you know, had originally planned to take my third test after failing it the second time, well, there was a, a global pandemic. And so basically, since then, I wouldn't have my license today if I hadn't uh, decided to take it a couple days after my second failure. And that license has been ever so valuable because I was able to then drive throughout the pandemic. And I actually I actually met my girlfriend about midway through in <laughs> midway through a quarantine season, if you will. Um, and the only way that we were able to see each other was because I could drive. So if I didn't have my license, I would have had to have had my mom pick me up and drop me off every <laughs> every time to to see my, you know, who who is now my girlfriend. I wouldn't be able to go on these trips alone. I would, you know, still be licenseless as of today if it weren't for uh, for that third test right before I went back to school. So I guess the moral of that story is, uh, you know, don't delay anything that you can do today because you don't know what tomorrow holds, I guess, uh, especially in in the, you know, in pandemic times. Yeah, that's a great point. So you're mentioning that your driver instructor or the person that you took the test with, I think the first time she was yelling at you practically was she like one of those instructors that everyone's like you don't want to get she was uh she i mean i just feel like she was one of those people that had too much pride with like a little too much pride with her job you know like she just was there to i mean it's already an intimidating kind of moment when you're taking your test i think it's a feeling that i'll always really remember and i think that anybody who has their license or has taken a test before knows that feeling where you could be so good at what you're at driving but uh you just need to be good for those 10 minutes you're in the car with that uh inspector or instructor whatever you want to call them so for me with that lady uh she was just kind of all business right as i got in she kind of thought she was hot if if you know if i do say so myself and so i was just like all right uh whatever Let's uh, let's just try to do our best, the best we can. But yeah, it's uh, it's already intimidating. And then when you have someone who intimidating on top of that, it just gets really uh, nerve wracking, even for for someone who, you know, I feel like I'm someone who can manage stress fairly well. Uh, Even in that moment, I was just, you know, kind of shaking or shaking my boots, not really, you know, sure of what I was doing, hoping that I was doing everything the right way. And uh, and I actually remember I was so sleep deprived that I, I hopped in on the on the driver's site on the dri- driver's seat 
when she came to the car and I almost forgot to put my seatbelt on. I mean, that's the level to which, you know, some people, I guess, myself included on that day, uh, get rattled by those moments. Yeah, I feel like some people might have given up after that moment, but I'm glad to hear that you kept trying and you've managed to get your license. Yeah, no, I mean, thank God I uh, thank God I did, you know, because I really don't know uh, what I would be doing right now if I hadn't had it, especially in New York City, you know, for a while, no one was riding the subways. That was dangerous. And, uh, you know, just for for my own personal life to have my car and be able to to kind of go whenever I wanted and do it safely is uh, is a blessing. Yeah, exactly. Especially since right now, driving in your own vehicle is pretty much the only thing you can really do. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, especially in a big city like my like my like mine, um, my city, <laughs> in a big city like New York City, it's uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's a privilege to have a car and to be able to use it. Going back to your first story, you were talking about driving down to Maryland. I don't know if you know, but we're from Maryland. Oh, wow. Very cool. So did you notice any differences between, I guess, New York drivers and Maryland drivers? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not even just New York and Maryland drivers. I think it's New York and Maryland people. I think, I don't know. I can't say specifically about Maryland people because I don't know them enough and I haven't had enough interactions. But you know, New York drivers are, they, they represent the New York personality to the, to the 10th degree. I think they're, uh, we're mean. We cut in front of people. We, uh, we don't, we don't care who's in front or in back of us. We, you know, we just do whatever we want as, as, as New Yorkers do. But at the same time, I think we're, we're still loving and safe and, you know, it's, we, uh, you know, I don't know for myself, I still try to be safe. Uh, of course, that's the most important. Um, so do I notice any massive difference between New York and Maryland drivers? No, but it is definitely different. You know, today I actually drove back from Maryland and uh, being uh, on the highway for three and a half hours and then coming back to the city, it's it's a different vibe when you're driving in the city and it's close quarters and lower speed limits and um, people, uh, less room and more traffic. It's, uh, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Did you prefer driving out in the open or more in the city? Um. I definitely enjoy driving um, on highways, uh, I guess, in terms of like ease of driving because highways, I just find a little bit easier actually than I ever expected when I first started driving. But I got to say, you know, I do love that feeling when I come back and drive into New York City and, you know, you see the, the Freedom Tower and you see like the Manhattan skyline and and then you get into Manhattan and you just feel this uh, New York City vibe. And now that I can drive, it's also a weird feeling for me because for 19, 20 years, I've never been able to drive in New York in my own you know, hometown. So now that I can drive in this city and because New York City is also special in, in my opinion, it's uh, it's just a really cool um, overall feeling to to drive and blast music and you know, take in the city and realizing that you're driving in New York City. And I don't know, I I like it every time I do it. Yeah, the main difference, I guess, between driving in the city and out is like, I think in New York City, you're more in stop and go traffic, I feel like, as opposed to if you're driving in the open, you can just keep going. Yeah, uh, definitely, for sure. Uh, It's nice to be able to keep going because in the city, you get caught up in traffic. And it's in those moments that you really don't want to, uh, to be driving. But um. You know, it's uh, it's weird. I think a young driver is, 
being young and driving is very different than when you've been driving for 20, 30 years. You know, I'm still at that point where I'm in that like honeymoon phase of being in love with my driver's license and being able to do it all the time. But, uh, you know, I think eventually I'll get to a point where, you know, I don't want to drive as much. But uh, right now I love it regardless of what it is. I agree with you. I love driving too. (laughs) Very much. So there are typically like stereotypes associated with drivers of different areas. And you kind of touched on this, but would you say that there is a specific like stereotype of New York drivers? Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, we just, uh, we don't, for lack of, excuse my language, but we kind of don't give a fuck. Uh, You know, that's, that's kind of our, our vibe all the time. So, um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it just represents our, our personality and, you know, I think we're, we're aggressive drivers and we're, uh, we don't have that much patience and get a lot of road rage. And, uh, I mean, actually I'm not too bad on with road rage, but, uh, you've seen a lot of, even my dad, <laughs> to be honest, he's pretty bad. You know, that's, uh, that's really, I think my, my observations on it. So speaking of road rage, since you haven't experienced it, I guess, personally, has someone had road rage towards you? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely a couple times. Um, I, you know, I'll be honest, I can't think of one story off the top of my head that really resonates. But uh, what I can remember is um, just in my earlier days driving with my mom after I got my permit, just, you know, kind of making some rookie mistakes and having people honk and, you know, give you looks, pull up to the side. And but in terms of my experiences, I, I really can't say there are that many. But with my dad, because I've been around him for a while, you know, I've heard him use every swear word in the book and uh, have people reciprocate towards him. And, you know, he, he's been driving his whole life, so he's more comfortable, obviously, with the car. So he can do things that, you know, sometimes are not the most uh, legal, if you will. But he, he, you know, maneuvers a car really well. So he knows even if he's going to cut someone off or do some uh, something that, that would fall in the, the territory, he uh, he still knows what he's doing. So. You know, I've seen, uh, I've definitely seen road rage uh, towards me. I've actually been pretty lucky and not seen too much, but uh, that's what it is. That's actually kind of surprising since you're in New York. I <laughs> I would think that it would happen a lot more often, but that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's okay. I think if you, uh, if you just really, <laughs> no pun intended, stay in your lane, then, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think you avoid it for the most part. Would you say that, like, I know you said that you're still in that, like, honeymoon phase and you love driving. Would you say that you prefer to always be the driver or would you rather be the passenger? Uh, definitely the driver. I really love driving. Uh, it's very therapeutic for me because I'm, I'm very busy these days, especially these days. Uh, and I have a lot on my plate. So it's just a really nice moment to be able to uh, to just get in the car and uh enjoy kind of the uh the time away where you can't be on your phone and you know you just can listen to music or whatever you want to listen to and um but you know since i've gotten my license i definitely enjoy driving more than i do uh sitting in the passenger seat i definitely feel you that's exactly how i feel i always am like i need to be the one driving but have you ever gotten into a car where you're the passenger and then wished you had never gotten in uh yeah, every time I every time my mom drives, that's that's precisely the feeling I I get. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's and that's the truth. Um, you know, I love my mom, but uh, I do not like getting in a car when she's driving. And now that now that I drive, she loves that I'm her little personal chauffeur, so we don't run into that issue anymore. But yeah, that's that's really the best answer I can give you on that. Is uh, I really don't like um, 
getting in a car with my mom. <laughs> so uh, how would your family and friends describe your driving? Uh, I think right now it'd be mostly my girlfriend for the most part. And I think she uh, she thinks it's good. Uh, she better think it's good. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, honestly, I, I, I am, I think, a good driver. I, I take it seriously because there's a lot of there's a lot at risk. You know, that's 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 the truth. It's really our lives on the line. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's tough. I, I do prioritize safety over being an idiot on the road. Um, I do like going fast, of course. I do like, you know, I do have a little bit of a speeding problem, I'll be honest. But, uh, you know, I, I pick and choose my spots of when I speed uh, or when I'm when I when I speed when I'm a little <laughs> bit over the limit. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, but uh, it can get crazy. You can get carried away. I mean, even today I was going 100 on a on a highway and you don't really realize. I mean, some roads really feel different. Some you feel like you're going 100 when you're going 70. Some you feel like you're going 70 when you're going 100. Some are smoother than others and it, it you know, plays into your speed. So it's, uh, you know, you have to really think about the consequences of being an idiot. And that's really important to me because, you know, one small move can really alter my life and, you know, my girlfriend's life. Uh, or whoever else is in my car. So that stuff is uh, is important to me. Yeah, it can definitely also affect people around you at the same time. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, it's uh, it's it's really no joke because I know that if something happened, I would feel incredibly guilty. So, you know, it's uh, I, I do take it very seriously. I've never actually hit 100 on my car before. So that's a, <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, I actually I, I, I literally did it so that I could feel what it felt like to hit 100. Um, and it's a little weird. I guess you just kind of have less control. But uh, it's not when you're empty on a road and you're hitting 100. It just feels a little fast. But going 90, 95 today and really it really didn't feel much like more than 70. So it gets it's it's weird. Different roads different roads feel different i've noticed i would be freaking out the entire time i'd be worried there's a cop sitting somewhere yeah yeah i mean i i was i was very careful on that but you know it it is uh it is what it is i guess you know just uh try not to be too much of an idiot and not doing it on spots where i i know there are cops and radars yeah well it's good that you prioritize safety that is very important um and you did mention that you don't get a lot of road rage which is good but are you someone who i guess when you do get angry at another driver are you someone who tends to honk your horn or are you someone who doesn't i'm definitely i don't honk my horn a lot mostly because i just haven't really gotten used to i kind of forget that it's in front of me i mean i've done it of course but a very very slim uh percentage of the time you know i uh i think i'm pretty i'm pretty good overall about being respectful i think sometimes i'll pull some of the moves if you're trying to you know skip a line and you know there's an exit and you just kind of write it out till the end and then just make your way inwards i i'm one of those people unfortunately but you know sometimes you got to save a little bit of time but i think for the most part you know i i don't honk i'm not too much of a of an like that because you don't really know who you're dealing with in, in the other car so i'd rather you know wait the extra second or not say anything uh unless it's blatantly obvious that they need an awakening well, that's great to hear. So you don't play into that New York stereotype. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I Yeah, I don't. I'm actually really not much of a honker. So speaking of honking or annoying drivers, what would you say is your biggest pet peeve of driving? Uh, I think people that like leave their blinkers on by accident, which I'm actually guilty of doing sometimes myself. But that's just annoying because you're trying to figure it out. Uh, people that are going slow 
that's really annoying. Um, I mean, you know, I think it's better to go slow than fast, generally speaking. But if there's no one in front of you and you're holding everything up, that really gets on my nerves. And then I think, um, I don't know, sometimes if you do run into that person that you can tell is just a little weird and they're and they're kind of like sticking next to you or they're driving next to you or they're tailing you or I don't know what, you know, just people that you feel like are a little bit suspect to have them near you is, is just kind of a peeve. I guess those are my biggest ones. Yeah, I would definitely say having someone sitting in your blind spot or driving the same speed as you when you're trying to move over is annoying. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, definitely that. And, uh, you know, the blind spot is is really killer. So think um, just for me, it's it's not even just a peeve. It's just uh, anybody that's on that side. I just got to really make sure I see them because things happen quickly with cars. So there's been a lot of like change. And since you're a relatively new driver um, in the supposedly proper way to hold a steering wheel so when you drive how do you typically hold the steering wheel and I guess how are you taught was the correct way 10 and 2 is the way I was taught uh do I do it like that I only do it like that when I'm in like a high stress situation if I'm on a highway for hours I'm one of those lazy people that like has their hands kind of in their lap and I'm kind of holding it at like let's see what the times would be like uh a seven in five, if that makes sense. So yeah, just because I guess my arms just kind of get tired, honestly, <laughs> if I'm holding it 10 and two, like, you know, straight for three hours. And I actually feel like I have decent control uh, doing it the way I do it. So I don't know, I, uh, you know, I'd say I mostly hold it like that. And then, you know, sometimes I'll go one hand, my right, my right hand on it. Um, with like, if, if, if I'm going slow and it's a nice day and the window's open, I'll have my like left arm just kind of hanging out the window. I'm one of the, I'm one of those, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, for the most part, I kind of do that like seven, five left, right, um, holding of the, of the wheel. Yeah. I totally agree with you on your arms getting tired when you're driving for a long time. It's just more comfortable holding the steering wheel at the bottom. I don't think anyone actually holds it 10 and two. Yeah. I don't think so. Unless you're kind of stressed. That's true. Do you tend to drive differently if someone is in the car with you versus if you're driving alone? Yeah, definitely. Well, I drive my normal driving with everyone except for my <laughs> except for my mom because she just gets very anxious quick with uh, when her son's driving and when she's not in control. So yeah, I definitely drive differently. I, I respect every single speed limit to the to the maximum when my mom's in the car. Uh, no doubt, I. I drive differently then, but, um, you know, I think, uh, whenever someone else is in there, I also just feel a responsibility for them. You know, it's one thing if I got into an accident and I was just me, I could live with that. But, uh, if it was someone else that I, you know, negatively affected and had real consequences with, that would be a little bit harder on my mental state, I suppose. You know, I just make sure that I'm always doing just aware of everything, aware of who's in the car with me and I think they're you know just like everything in life it's uh it's about picking and choosing your spots of when you want to do certain things so if I want to speed a little bit or be more of an aggressive driver I, I'm running low on time it doesn't mean go full speed the whole time you're trying to, to make it by a certain time it just means if there's an opportunity for you to, to cut some time do it but do it safely so you know it's it's really a, a skill that you develop and you know, now I understand how it could be so dangerous and why there's so many accidents because it's uh if you don't pay attention hundred percent of the time it could it could be really be fatal. Oh, I agree with you there. So I know you touched on this earlier about your first time driving experience and your driver's test. A lot of states have started to 
take the parallel parking off the test, like it's not required anymore, do you think it should be included or do you think that's fine? Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I mean, it's nice to it's it's annoying when people don't parallel park the right way or they park with like five feet in front of them and ruins a, a potential spot when you're looking for a spot, obviously. Do I think it's necessary to get your license? I think, well, you know what? Let's go with yes, because then I think it makes it harder to get your license. And I kind of hope that it's hard to get your license. It's one of those things that you can't just be handed out super easily. Uh, in my opinion, it's, you know, it's, it's a legit thing. It's, it's putting, it's not just your life in jeopardy. It's putting people that are on the road. So uh, it is a little frightening considering that so many people, so many idiots in this country have their license uh, and they're on the road. So that's a little scary, but uh, yeah, let's go with, yeah, because I think whatever it takes to hold people to a higher standard when, with regards to something that plays with someone else's life, then they should really be able to, they should need to know every skill at a high level before they're given their their license. That's a great point. Yeah, here I think in Maryland, they removed the parallel parking. So our brother had to recently get his test and it was so easy for him. He just passed right away. But I feel like that having that parallel parking is one of the ways that a lot of people fail because of that. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've i heard that too. And um it is what it is. I've had a lot of friends that have failed their test because of parallel parking. And, um, you know, I think you just need to, once you find a little uh, point of reference, it's uh, it gets a whole lot easier. Do you think that after like a X number of years, people should have to retake their test? Honestly, no, because I'm thinking about myself or my dad. <laughs> like what, after 10 years of driving, we want to really go back to the DMV. So no. Uh, I think once you get it, you get it. But I do think it's good if to do maybe like some background checks on people like, so, you know, people, people go crazy sometimes. So they got their license when they were 20 and healthy. And then, you know, life takes people on different paths. So if for some reason they have some mental, you know, whatever, or, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy people out there. So you just kind of hope that whoever's on the road next to you doesn't decide to swerve in your lane because that could really uh, affect your your life, even if it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, I've had a close call recently where the traffic in front of me stopped. So I came to a slow stop, but the person behind me didn't realize we came to a stop and almost just rear-ended me. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's super scary. I mean, there's uh, luckily I haven't been in one of those situations yet. You know, it's uh, it's scary. I don't know how else to say it. We have one final bonus question for you. If you could make one new driving law what would it be? Um, if I can make one new driving law. Well, there's something that I noticed that's uh, that's not talked about enough. I don't know if it's necessarily a law uh, or it's something that you could ever really make into a law, but um, something that I noticed that's incredibly dangerous that no one tells you is when there are three lanes and you're on, say, the left lane and there's someone that's parallel to you on the right lane and you guys both are thinking about going to that middle lane. That's one of the, the things that don't... that they don't teach you ever really is when you go to that middle lane, you really got to make sure that that person uh, coming from the other side. So in the right lane is not also going to go into the middle lane at the same time. And it's hard to see if you're parallel because of, you know, the, the blinkers are on the back of the car. So that, I feel like that's really something where people could get really hurt. If you guys both choose to go uh, into that middle lane at once. And even if you guys don't touch, it's still kind of a panicky moment. And then you kind of swerve and, so that's something that I noticed, you know, because I once I was trying to go to that middle lane and the guy kind of next to me from the other side was trying to do that as well. And that just kind of caught me off guard as something that I never really thought of uh, as something that was important. 
to know. So that's one thing I think more of like a driving tip more than a law. Uh, in terms of a law, I really think they need to reevaluate the speeding uh, laws, if I'm being honest. I got a speeding ticket the other day actually for going 36 on a 25 when the most that they allot you uh, on a 25 is 35. So it's literally one mile per hour over their kind of extended limit, if you will, on an empty New York City street. And they said that because I was in a school zone, but school has been out. So I think they're just, I think some of the speeding things are stupid. I think, uh, you know, everybody's going 80 on a 65 anyways. So don't be stingy about the speed limits unless it's crowded. I think there's no one on the road and you're going 90 on a 65. I honestly think that's fine as long as it's a really an empty road. So it's just annoying that I guess you get ticketed for that uh, in those certain situations, I guess. That would probably be my best suggestion. Yeah, it's probably the police officer was just bored and it's like you were the only one on the road. So they're like, all right, this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have any final thoughts or any other tips you would like to provide other drivers who are listening? Just be safe because if I'm next to you or anybody else is next to you, uh, we want to get to our destination safely and uh, don't text and drive, don't drink and drive. And for and a lot of people, really, the most important uh, now that even in my demographic is uh, people smoke, uh, people drive while high or smoke weed and they think it's kind of funny or whatnot. But uh, I don't think it's that funny think you can wait to get to your destination to smoke your weed i personally don't smoke but we, we don't have to get into that but i think i respect anybody that does for whatever reason they choose to just don't do it on the road because even if you think you're fine if you injure anybody you will feel guilty about it for the rest of your life so i guess my main message is safety 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 you know i don't want to be that that dad who's like yeah you know make sure you're you're safe on the road but you know it's it's true it, it's i know that anybody who would get into an accident would feel really guilty if they were being an idiot uh, and for a couple seconds and it ended up either taking someone's life or their own or compromised them or they were paralyzed or something atrocious to happen that would be life altering just because of one stupid mistake. So, you know, I think take it seriously, but also take a deep breath when you're driving. I see too many people are just like tense while touching the wheel. And, you know, they're these cars are, are well made uh, for the most part. Great points. Uh, so before we let you go, where can listeners find you if they want to get in contact with you or listen to your show? They can follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine and, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at Felix Levine and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We enjoyed hearing all about your driving experiences, even though as short lived as they might be right now. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for having me. His experience taking the driving test has to by far be the craziest thing I've ever heard in terms of like everything that you could possibly do wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was just like listening to it and I was just like, I mean, I can, I could understand that you're nervous when you're taking the driver's test. So just having that anxiety and nervousness, trying to make sure you're right. And then your instructor on top of that yelling at you or being like, hurry up. And that makes you anxious enough to just like hurry up and get it done and over with. Why was his instructor like, that's your job. Like, why are you doing that? Maybe they're like, I want to fail people. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I like, must fail people. You know, I know like here at our local DMV, we've had classmates tell us that, oh, yeah, you don't want to get this person because they're always they just fail like to fail people. 
Yeah, that's what I was nervous about too. But he got his license, so <laughs> I just just hearing all the things that went wrong, like him sitting at that red light and just just sat through the light <laughs> because he was like, I can't turn. Well, I mean, they always tell you only go when you're is safe to go. <laughs> yeah, but, but his instructor was like, Are you gonna go? <laughs> that's a little excessive. <laughs> But I found the funniest part. Well, I don't know if like this was the funniest part or the other was the funniest part. But like him talking about the roundabout and not really knowing like which lane to go in, so he just cut right through. He just like I'll just I'll just cut right across. Yeah, that that was really weird. I was like, are there not roundabouts? He's in New York City, Bobbin. That's true. That is very true. Then why was there a roundabout on his test? But I think he said he went and took it out more, right? One time. But, like, when he was talking about just cutting through the circle, I was thinking about people here who don't know how to drive around the circle. And they do technically cut through in a way. Like, they switch from lane to lane. Like, they don't stay in one lane. They're just like, oh, I'll just go through somehow. (laughs) This whole thing is for me? Okay. Wee. (laughs) Yeah, but I can't imagine what it would have been like if he didn't pass and he ended up having to take it in March and the pande- whole pandemic thing started like he wouldn't have his license then. yeah so it's good that he decided yes I'm gonna try one more time and then got it before this whole thing happened because like he said then he wouldn't have his license and he would kind of just be stuck so there's a little bit of a moral to the story right so keep trying and persevering. <laughs> the cliche and, moral. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's true. But it's right? like proof, like in a way, like here's an example. It does happen if you keep trying. Exactly. Take Felix, keep trying, and you will get what you're aiming for. Great. <laughs> like, I don't know the way you said it. I was just like, yeah, encouraging. And then, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that was this week's episode. If you have any interesting driving stories and would like to be a guest on the show, fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And stay tuned until the end of this episode for a sneak peek of next week's episode where we are joined by Andrew, who is an EMT and host of the EMT Life podcast. I was super excited for this one. I, Of course, I'm excited for all the guests, but this one was a different type of episode because not only did we get to learn about his personal driving but we got to hear about what it's like being an ambulance driver and how it impacts his personal driving thanks for driving with us love this episode of drive with us leave us a review on itunes or podchaser and connect with us on instagram and twitter at drive with us podcast and now a sneak peek When you drive an ambulance, you have to be not only a defensive driver, but you also have to be a very aggressive driver. You just have to head on a swivel, you know, 360 degrees all the time. My first shift ever, I was so nervous, scared. I I eventually had to to step back and and I was just like, "I, I can't do this right now.